Small Business and Startup Stories DSM features conversations with small business owners who share both their victories and failures on their path to success. Small Business and Startup Stories DSM is produced by the Greater Des Moines Partnership. More tips and resources are available at dsmpartnership.com backslash small business. I'm your host, Christina Moffitt. Jill Anderson, welcome to Startup Stories. Excited to have you today. Thanks, Christina. I'm really, really excited to be here. You have such an interesting background of where you started your career to where you are now. And I think that it is such an important story to share. So tell us a little bit about your background and then we'll land on how you ended up where you are today. Okay. Yes, I'm Jill Anderson, a native of Cedar Rapids area, Iowa, a little small town um, named Springville. And when I was going to college, I went to Iowa State um, and I decided to major in food science because it was, I said food was the only thing I liked enough to major in. And at 20 years old or 19 years old, I thought that was a pretty good way to go. And it served me well for about... um, about 20 years. Um, I worked at General Mills in college and, you know, worked in the craft kitchens in my early 20s doing test kitchen work and recipe development. And I, you know, continued to do that throughout the last 20 years. And so food, it, it was really a fun, interesting career that, you know, always got people really excited and interested when I would talk about it. And so, um, so it was just one of those things that I was really good at, but then the the longer I was in it, the more I just was feeling this, like, you know, I don't, I just am kind of thinking that there's a little bit more to it than, than what I've been doing. And so I, you know, left the corporate structure and started doing some freelance work, which I really enjoyed. And then I thought, you know, I was shotgun approaching everything. So I thought, okay, I'm going to do little catering gigs. I'm going to do, you know, some blogging and this and and that and try to figure out exactly where my sweet spot was. And, and I hired a career coach thinking, okay, this person's going to help me figure this out. I just need a little bit of guidance on, you know, which area of this I need to go into. And through that process, I realized that though I liked food work and I was good at it, it wasn't what I was meant to do. So that's where the whole entrepreneurial, really the, the big entrepreneurial journey began. And so when you and I talked before, I think one thing that was really eye-opening is, you know, as a child, somebody always tells you, you can do that, you can not do that, you can try something new. Mm-hmm. But you said this career coach gave you the option to do something new. So tell us about what you chose to do as an entrepreneur and what you do now. Oh, yes. That powerful moment with my coach, she looked at me and said, Jill, I don't, I give you permission to do whatever it is you want to do. And I thought, oh my gosh, seriously, I just spent all this money on, a, on you know, education and 20 years in this career. And, and it was just that moment where I realized that I had been shooting all over myself my whole life, doing all the things I thought I was supposed to do according to the checklist. And it was kind of in that moment when I thought, this is, this is what I want to do. I want to coach. I want to help people. I want to speak. I want to kind of help open their eyes the way mine have been opened to all the choices that, 
that we have in our lives that we think we don't, you know, it's kind of that, that idea that, oh, you know, I, I should go to college. I should, you know, get married, should buy a house, you know, have the kids and, you know, and, and why that may be your, your path. That's fantastic. For me, I realized that that wasn't. And so um, that was just my own experience and learning that for myself. So whatever shape that takes for my clients, uh, I'm just there along the way to help support them in figuring out how those sneaky shoulds are keeping them from, from living the lives that they really want and deserve to live because we only get one shot on the planet, right? Right. And I think COVID has opened everybody's eyes to that. So your podcast, I absolutely love it. It's called Stop Shooting Yourself. Yes. And you know, I was thinking so much about this this morning because as I'm getting ready, I'm thinking, I should be doing this. I should be doing this. I should be getting rid of this. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is perfect timing because <laughs> Jill is sitting on my shoulder as we get ready for this podcast today saying, yeah. no, no, you really shouldn't just because the, the time frame lays out and you think you should do all these things. Right. So tell us a little bit about kind of how you back into things now, because you do stop shooting yourself and you have a different way of checking in with yourself. I do. I do. And I notice the times when I'm in my deepest funks, it's when I'm shooting myself the most. So I really, it's a practice that I do myself. I encourage my clients to do it. A great starting place is to just keep track of all the ways, the times you say should in your day or when you're noticing that kind of feeling in your body of that resistance of not wanting to do something and really kind of saying, okay, is this something I have to do? Is it something somebody's telling me I'm supposed to do? Kind of get to the origin of why it is you're doing what you're doing. And we're adults. We all have to do stuff we don't want to do. So some of that is just part of life. Some of it is really getting to the heart of, why am I feeling this way? Where is this coming from? And the more you do it, the faster it happens. Uh, but it really gets you tuned into the awareness. You know, your body is one of your best indicators of when that stuff is happening. It's sending you alarms and alerts at all times. And we've kind of gotten desensitized to that over time when we're, you know, living in the world, the crazy world we're living in. So it really is just tuning into what my body signals are if that's a little twinge in my stomach or just this dreading feeling, I take that as my cue to just ask myself, okay, what's happening here? What, what's going on? What choices do I have? And, you know, even if it's choosing something that I may not want to do, knowing that I've chosen it is enough to kind of get my head right most of the time. I feel too, and that you are so well primed because as things are beginning to shift back out of COVID into the normal workspace, mm -hmm. I'm hearing should, 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 my kids should do this. I should do this. We pl should plan a summer vacation. What is your best piece of advice as people are shifting back into kind of normal life? I think you gave us some good tips there, but I am hearing people just on edge all the time about their life being scared of what it was before and not wanting that piece back, but feel like they should go back to the way things were before. Yeah. I think it's recognizing that we've all been changed throughout this experience and that, you know, what going back to something may really not, that's an expectation that we're kind of holding over ourselves as to what we feel kind of ground zero or baseline is. So I think it really is, 
sitting and saying, what do we want to get out of the days we've got? You know, what before we get called back into the office? Oh, we should take a vacation. Well, do we want to? Or is that something we're trying to shove into like a really busy schedule, right? I think it's kind of reframing in your mind your attitude around it and why you want to do it. It's fun. Like this stuff's meant to be fun. (laughs) You know, and sometimes it feels hard and, you know, like carving out the time to have the fun feels a little overwhelming, but I think it's just returning to this thing. How do I want to spend my time? How do I want to feel? It all comes down to how you want to feel and the, the smaller choices you can start making to satisfy that feeling in your life, the more you gravitate towards the things that you love. Mm-hmm. I think so. One of the things I see entrepreneurs really struggle with is something that you really touched on. It's like, I've only done this my entire life, but now I want to do this. Mm-hmm. And I always tell them that there are parallels. What you were doing before has prepared you for what yes. you're going to do now, whether you see it or not. Yes. Tell me a little bit about how your food science background in your career prepared you for what you're doing now. Oh, that's a great question. And I agree with that 100%. Everything you've done in your life has a place that you don't leave it behind. You carry it with you. For me, I, it was the opportunity to understand my creative, my creative spirit. I didn't see that in doing food work at the time. I was like, Oh, I'm a food scientist, right? Like I kind of had this box in my head of what we do. And I didn't realize over the years how much more creative that was than than I ever imagined. I unlocked a lot of creativity in my life. I realized how um, how I worked with people, how people interacted with me, kind of what energy I brought to relationships. That has all come with me and has really helped me understand who my clients are, how I want to do my work, that I love speaking, that I love being in front of people, something I learned doing different meetings along the way in my food career. So it's it's really watching yourself come alive and understanding even kind of what can has kept you stuck. That's a great reflector and a great kind of, you know, anchor to pulling yourself back to those moments and, and realizing what your skills are, what your talents are, that maybe it wasn't the actual work you were doing but that how you're showing up in the world, even in an environment that doesn't suit you, what you can learn from that. And add on to the question is, I know you have traveled the world. You've yes. been everywhere. So how does that make you a stronger entrepreneur as well? Because you've seen things out there in different approaches and different mm-hmm. cultures. Talk to us a little bit about that piece of your background and how you bring that into your business. Oh, gosh. Being a coach and a speaker, you realize that we are all just little tiny particles of this humongous world. Like it really helps you put yourself into your, just into the headspace of like, we're all just moving through this life and people do things so many different ways. Like I think that's helped me too, that my way may serve someone else or may give them some help. It doesn't mean that the way I do things is the way everybody should do them. So I think it's really helped be a test of an open mind and just the beauty of experiencing things in different, in different, uh, in others, through others' eyes, through their lenses, through their experiences and how they do their everyday. And so I think it's really a testament to learning everything you can from everyone you encounter. And I think, 
Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that differences are your best teachers. I just, I absorb so much from the people, the people who are different for me, as much as the people who are similar to me, it's just such a, a beautiful experience to experience people. So that primes up the next question. So on your website, you actually put down the bucket list you kind of went through of college and all that stuff. Uh Talk to me about that bucket list. And then the other bucket list of what's on your website. Ooh, so I'm going to make sure those, I pull this up so I get it right. Because I'm thinking, so oh I my love gosh. Your, your checklist. I of, wrote that. It started, um, I like to think of it as kind of my life's grocery list is kind of, in hindsight, really what it is. Um, I graduated from college, got my BS. That's like, yep, first thing out of the high school gate. That's what we do. Uh, Got my job, went and lived in Chicago, kind of did the big girl, big city thing. Got my master's degree, which sounds really, you know, great until, not until, but the reason I did it is because I'd broken up with a boyfriend and I had nothing else to do. So that's why I was like, (laughs) all right, let's just go get a master's. Why not? You know, Uh, I found my Mr. Right on paper, uh, got married got divorced 18 months after we got married, had two miscarriages in that time. And just a whole lot of hitting in the face of, I don't think this is right. So once I cleared that big should of like this marriage isn't for me. And there were some other things that wasn't just me, you know, changing my mind at the last minute. There was a lot of stuff that obviously happened in that time, but it took me from following the checklist to effing the checklist and just throwing it out the window, being like, all right, it's time to just decide for myself or feel along the way what really works. And so checking it, finding my compass, everybody's got one. I tell my clients all the time, I don't have your answers. You do. You, every single person on this planet has all the answers that they need. A lot of times it's just, they don't know where to find them. They don't know how to uncover them. And that's where my compass really presented itself, my intuition, whatever you want to call it. Uh, And then the biggest lesson that I've learned from my now husband, who looks absolutely not right on paper, he's 17 years older than me. He has more gray hair than my dad. He has four of his own boys and none of that made sense, but it's not always meant to. Um, I decided to love a soul instead of a resume. And he's been my biggest teacher in just asking, why not? Why not? He loves, he's, he's a curious man by nature. And he's taught me so much about just experiencing things fully. And as humans, we love our routine. We love in our, you know, our comforts. And I'm sure COVID has really helped us find for some of us more introverted people. It's helped us really be cozy at home, but getting out and seeing the world and, you know, putting your feet in the grass, even though you're like, ew, there's bugs in there, but do it, do it. So you hit on another thing that's on my list is that <laughs> I being love a food it, like, sci- intuitively working through this list together. I love it. Uh, being a food scientist and a scientist, you, you know, it's all black and white when you're yeah. science, there is no gray in there mm-hmm. and the creativity, but you do have that title of scientist, but you were allowed to come out of your being an introvert, you yeah. like to speak, talk to us I a little do. bit about how that was kind of realized with you. Cause some people feel that feeling of being an introvert 
And how do they come out of being in this bucket to, I do like to speak. I do like to be creative. What was that like for you to realize that? Uh, it, it was, it was a huge shutting moment. Actually. I remember I did a, um, a, a, a talk at the hall, Carla Walsh, if you're listening, she changed my life in this moment. It was, um, it was just having this experience of going up and just having the best time speaking. I couldn't believe how the energy just lit me up, how I had the best time. But I was thinking, I shouldn't like this. Like, this is weird. People hate public speaking. Like, why am I having such a good time? Like, I shouldn't like this. This is weird. And I just remember going in my head of like, I'm not a public speaker. Like, I'm terrified. But those were all the stories that I was telling myself based on other people's experiences, based on being a terrified 17-year-old in my high school speech class. You know, like my experience from that doesn't define what I do in my, you know, adult life. Um, and just that one scary experience doesn't have to be formative. So I think it's, it's finding your courage and just trying not to tell yourself what you're afraid of or what you can't do. Um, there's fear and excitement feel the same. It's just how we are interpreting the end result, right? So let yourself feel the fear. There's a lot to be said for for trying it. And if you decide that it's not for you, then more power to you. That's more information you have. But I think it's giving yourself the permission to do scary things and to just see what happens. So when you talked about your shotgun approach a little bit, was that your way of finding what you felt was right for you? I think that that's never a bad thing to try multiple things. Yeah. Yeah, it was like I, and, and even in my coaching business now, that's kind of what you do. I think it, it's understanding too that things aren't linear. Like you have to give yourself the space to gravitate somewhere. And I was realizing in my food experience then that I wasn't really gravitating toward anything. So that was a big indicator of not that I suck and I'm failing, but that, huh, what information am I getting here? It's that this wasn't lighting me up. So, you know, I gave myself blogging, catering, you know, recipe development, freelance, like all these things to see kind of where I was going and there are certain things we gravitate toward for the income to keep our lives going, which is great. But when it came to what was fueling me creatively, I wasn't finding it. So I, I believe a lot in the variety and really giving yourself space and not judging where you are or aren't going. It's just information as to you're gathering what is working for you. So I think that's important too, is to just take the pressure off of finding the thing, the seeking can be really intense. What is the biggest surprise you've had as being an entrepreneur versus working in a corporate environment? Ooh, that you really can build the life you want. That I think I didn't realize how much I loved doing my work. And that sometimes like I work on weekends, I work in weird times and places and it's, it's so, and it just fills my cup to be able to work the way I want to work and working with myself instead of against myself makes a big difference. And yeah, it's, there's a, there's a totally, and I'm sure every entrepreneur will, will attest to this, that when you're doing 
what you're doing either for the right reasons or to fuel your creativity and whatever it is you love, there's just a big difference in wanting to do the work. Like it just, it feels easier in a way. It's still hard work, but it feels different. So a lot of different types of coaches out there, career coaches, life coaches, um, all kinds of coaches. Mm-hmm. Talk to us a little bit about how, what your niche is and why it's different. Cause you really, I really do feel like you've honed in on who you want to work with. Yeah, absolutely. I feel that stuckness resonates with people. Restlessness was kind of, you know, a good word to describe to it's um, I love working with perfectionists, if you will. I loved that word. It was something I identified with for a really long time. Um, People, in my experience, career kind of pops up first because that's something that we spend a lot of time doing. But it's kind of getting to the nitty gritty of just wanting to feel fulfilled and wanting more. I think that, you know, that describes a lot of life coaches. It describes some career coaches. Um, for me, it is more about just the gut reason of what that restlessness is. So I don't know specifically if that's, if that's hitting on your target, but in my experience, it's, it's people have come to me and be like, Hey, I feel really stuck in my career. And I'm like, all right, let's talk about this. And then they're like, I have zero confidence. And I'm like, well, okay, that's a great place to explore because all the other decisions that you're going to make are going to come from feeling really secure and happy and fulfilled with yourself before all those changes can happen. So that's kind of a long answer to something that should be a very short question. hundred <laughs> percent. So talk to us about the podcast. How can they find you? Tell us a little bit more about your podcast. Oh, podcast is stop shutting yourself. So if you say it fast, it sounds a little naughty, which is why I love it so much. You can find it on all your podcast platforms. Um, it's been on pause a little bit as of late, but we're kicking up some other, some new good stuff coming up here. And it is, it's just people telling stories. I just, if something I love about it is, is that it gives a platform to people who just have a story to tell, have some experiences with expectations and shoulds in their own life and, and want to tell a story. So if you've got a story that you want to share, all you have to do is send me an email at jill at heyjill.com. It's easy. Awesome. Well, we're getting up here on our time. So one last quiz I'm going to give you, leave us with what you're going to not shooting yourself this week. Ooh, what I'm not shooting on. I am not shooting on getting all of my emails like attended to. Sometimes that hangs over me and I feel like I'm not doing enough, but I'm realizing that my space is also important. So in order to have the state of mind to really respond to people in the way I want to, sometimes I just give that a little extra space. That is the best advice as mine is stacked up all morning being in meetings. So maybe I will not should myself (laughs) about getting through my email list today. You betcha. You betcha. (laughs) Well, Jill, thanks so much for the time today. Thanks for being with us. We appreciate you. If you want to reach out to Jill, check out her website and definitely look up Stop Shutting Yourself podcast. Jill, thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to Small Business and Startup Stories DSM podcast. Inspired by these stories? We offer a hub full of resources needed for any small business owner to grow and succeed in Greater Des Moines, Iowa. 
at dsmpartnership.com backslash small business. Thanks for listening.